Hi, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week, we are closing out our fellowship focus within our series, The Inner Workings of Worship, as we are led by our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Just a reminder that you can get all of the latest up-to-date information and happenings here at Christ Church at Grove Farm by checking out our website, ccgf.org, following us on Facebook, or by following us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at ccgf01. Here is Pastor Jared with the message, Fellowship Through Serving Communities. Thank you for listening. Morning, church. Thought for a minute that audio wasn't going to come on to that. I would have been happy because that's the most depressing song I can think of. I'm so glad this is the last sermon of that series. I can't handle that song anymore. Thanks, tech team. Uh, no, we are, we are in this series of uh, fellowship. We're talking about connecting with one another. And uh, I thank Dave for, for speaking to us this morning because there really is a lot of fellowship in the idea of serving with one another. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about the church as a whole. How do we have fellowship through a big body like this church? Last week we talked about small groups, how we connect with one another. And today we look at how we can have fellowship using our gifts. So let me pray for us. God, thanks for today. Thank you for people like Dave, Father, who are willing to be used by you, Father. Not even sure how or where, Father, but just being open to that and answering the call to coach baseball. Be able to share your love with that team as well. Father, impress upon us that same desire here this morning. We thank you for what you teach us in your word about how we can have fellowship and what it means to be part of a church and a body. I pray that you speak through me. I pray that my lips are your lips, my heart is your heart, and that you impress upon us the message you want us to hear. And I ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You know, a few weeks ago, as mentioned, we, uh, we talked about the church and what a church looks like. And the fact that if we're a joyful church, uh, if we're a scriptural church, if we're a community church, if we're a sharing church, then the church is going to grow. And this week we looked at, we, we, as we read the passage, we look at a body and how that all works together, that we all got to be functioning together. Uh, you know as well as I do that if a part of your body doesn't working right, then it affects the whole thing. You know, if you've got a, an issue going on in one area of your body, it's going to affect the whole thing. I know a few years ago I was out and I had to do a conference uh, in Las Vegas of all places. I don't go there. But if, uh, if you've ever been there, you know it's a lot of walking. I had to go and be um, at their convention center. It's a lot of walking. Lots of walking there. And uh, I brought the wrong pair of shoes with me. Let's just start there. So you know what happens if you do a lot of walking with the wrong pair of shoes. You, you get blisters. And so I remember getting these massive blisters on my heels and thought, oh, man, this is never going to work for the next couple of days. I can't walk like this. So I made the next big mistake of going to getting some pair of shoes at, a, at like, a, um, um, like a, a convenience store. So I thought, I'm just going to go buy a cheap pair of shoes at a convenience store. Bad idea, too. Because I end up getting these pair of shoes, and I end up, uh, I realized later, getting a stress, stress fracture in my foot. Okay, so now I got, uh, my heels are like bleeding and I got a stress fracture. So I'm walking like this for miles all day and ended up pulling my calf muscle because now, because of, of all this pressure. So I thought, okay, this is going from bad to worse. It took me four hours to get back to the hotel at one point because I had to walk so slow. One part affects the whole thing. So I thought, I'm just going to go back to my feet up. I'm going to go back to the pool, put my feet up. 
I don't have any sunblock, but I thought, we're in the desert. Uh, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. What could go wrong? Uh, and I fell asleep there at the pool for three hours. Uh, I woke up, church, never felt a pain like that in my life. Just completely burnt, my head to toe. Because of that, I ended up getting sun poisoning. Uh, so I didn't feel well, so I started getting sick in my stomach. And so I started throwing up, and I lost my voice. And I remember coming home after this three-day trip, and I remember hobbling off the plane. And my wife was there, and I didn't know she was going to hug me or euthanize me at that point. I just thought, this is it. One part affects the whole thing. I actually remember, I didn't even share the story at the first service. I remember going to the doctor the, like, the next day. And I remember sitting on the end of the doctor's, uh, like on the table there. And she goes, well, what seems to be the problem? And I go, everything. It seems to hurt in this area, this whole area. When one, and it started with just the heel. When one part doesn't work right, the whole body is affected. Many of us have that, where one, one part isn't working right. It affects the whole body. And we look at that when we look at Scripture here, that we're a body, we're a church. Well, what's the point? The point is we can't, have a, we can't do what we, we say we do in, with, with Scripture and, and having a church that's a joyful church, that we have joyful worship, if we don't have people up here serving and being part of the worship team. This worship team up here, all volunteers. We couldn't have a joyful church of people coming in if we don't have greeters out there being joyful and greeting people when they come in. How could we have a community church when we say we want to get you in small groups when we have nobody opening up their homes? Or nobody to lead those groups? Or we want to be a scriptural church and we have nobody to teach the Bible? How could we have a, a, a sharing church, as it talked about in the scripture, that the, the church in Acts was a sharing church? How could we do that if we're not willing to share? We have a caring meals ministry here where we make meals for folks, uh, people volunteer to make meals for folks who are, who are sick or in hospital uh, or just had surgery. How could we do that if we don't have people volunteering to, to make those meals? We have a wonderful widow's ministry here where the men's ministry comes alongside the widow's ministry and helps build their houses. How could we do that if we don't have people volunteering to use their hands to go and be part of the widow's ministry? How could we do those things? How could we have a dynamic family ministry? We just had a youth Sunday a few weeks ago, a dynamic service here. And Doug and Robbie were talking about the youth, the youth ministry. How could we have that if we don't have leaders down there caring for and loving on those kids? How could we do that? We could never do it. So we could talk all day about what it looks like to have a church and what it looks like to be uh, a growing church, a healthy church. But if we ourselves are not involved in serving in some capacity, it'll never work. One part affects the whole body. You know, it's, it's uh, not a surprise if you look at a church lately around the, around the world, they've turned it into kind of an organization. An organization is really like, it's run by a head and people just kind of uh, let it go and they just kind of watch you know, we are a society of people just watching. We're, we're consumers. Uh, some of you are going to go home and watch the game. Many of you watch what happens on the news. We watch what happens. We come and we just watch what happens. The problem is, is that when it comes to a church, it's not an organization. It's an organism. It's a body. And all the parts need to be functioning. There was a, a well-known uh, college football coach who was once asked by a news reporter, they said, Coach, how much does college football contribute to the national physical fitness picture? How much does college football contribute to the national physical fitness picture? And the coach said, nothing. It doesn't. 
And the, the reporter said, well, why not? He said, well, as I see it, I have 22 men down on the field desperately needing a rest and 40,000 people in the stands desperately needing some exercise. <laughs> in other words, we have everybody likes to watch, but nobody wants to do. It happens all the time in the church. They say in a church that 100% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Are you serving church? Are you involved? The church is not an organization. It's an organism. It's alive. It's breathing. All the parts need to be functioning properly. You know, throughout the scripture, the Bible always uses analogies to talk about the church. And it always uses an organism. We sang a song a few minutes ago about the church being the bride waiting for the groom. The Bible talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. Christ being the vine, we need to be connected to him. The Bible talks about the Lord being the what? The good shepherd. And we are the sheep. And here we have the, the Bible talking about that we're the body. So when it comes to, to serving, we, have fellow, we can have fellowship. We can have fellowship and we ought to have fellowship. Because first off, we are unified in one body, aren't we? We're unified in one body. Look at verse 12. If you have your Bibles. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Doug just read it for us. It says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, all its many parts have one body, so it is with Christ. We're all baptized by one spirit as a form one body. Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we're all given one spirit to drink. You know, that's why we're pushing folks to be in membership. It's not because we want to we want to have a, a big membership. It's because we want you to be part of this body. We want you to feel part of this body. We want you to connect with small groups. It is a huge church. We want you to connect with others. Most of you will never know the people in the other services, the 10 o'clock or the, the 845. We want you to connect. In fact, I, a few weeks ago, it was funny, I was talking to somebody at this service who said, uh, Pastor Jared, i got to tell you something. I, I found out something great. Uh, my sister-in-law <laughs> came up to me and said, I was with Pastor Barry. Pastor Barry's our pastor of uh, pastoral care. And the sister, the, the, the girl here in our church said, why are you with Pastor Barry Mariana? I don't, why are you with him? She said, well, he's my pastor. And she said, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I go to Christ Church. She goes, you go to Christ Church? I go to Christ Church. What service do you go to? I go to the 10. Well, I go to 11, 11, 15. So here we have family members that come to Christ Church that didn't even know they come to Christ Church. Now, it goes, begs the question how much they actually are talking, but that's a different story. <laughs> but it's a big church. How do we connect with one another? How do we connect? Pastor Ed did a great job last week of talking about how when we come together, when we connect, we, we care for one another in small groups. So we're unified in one body. You know, I love the fact that the women's ministry is going to do a simulcast with other churches because it's not about just our church. We can connect with others because we are worshiping the same Lord. Next week, we are starting a whole new series as we continue our inner workings of worship, why we do what we do here. And we're going to be talking about praise and worship for the next number of weeks, the theology of worship, why we worship the way we do. What does that look like? And in October, at the culmination of the whole thing, we're going to have a big worship service here that we're inviting other churches to come to. Uh, our worship team has gotten asked some other worship leaders to come to Christ Church and have a worship night here at Christ Church. And it's not to promote Christ Church. We're promoting our Heavenly Father to come because we're singing praises to the same Lord, one God. That's why we're unified through that. We, are, we have fellowship that way. So I want to encourage you, make sure you come out for that. It's in October. It'll be a fantastic night. Ephesians 4 says this. We talked about this a little while ago. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope. You were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is 
over all and through all and in all. That's how we have fellowship. That's what fellowship is all about. We have fellowship because we're serving the same God. Not only do we have, we are unified in one body, church, but we're diversified in one body as well. When I look around, I see all kinds of gifts. When I look at what happens up here with the worship team, all kinds of gifts. When I look what happens back at our technical booth, all kinds of gifts. God's given us all kinds of abilities. I could never do what they do up here. I have tried. I have asked. They refuse to let me be part of that. They can do, when they're not here, I come in during the week and I'll piddle on the guitar just to pretend like I'm Brad or Ron. It doesn't work. Because they have different gifts. We're, we have different gifts. You know what, though? I'm not jealous of their gifts. I, I, I don't envy their gifts. I go, praise God for the gifts that they have. Praise God for our technical team, the gifts that they have. They're using them to serve the Lord. I don't need to be jealous. You don't need to be jealous of those gifts either. Look at verse 14. It says, Even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? We all have different gifts. Some of us are gifted to, to teach. Some of us are gifted just to be a hospital and open up our homes to have a small group. Some of us are there just to, just to greet one another. I know that Dave didn't mention this, but he opens up, he and his wife open up our, his, their home to us every other month to have a fellowship there for all the new folks that come to Christ Church. They're not leading it. They're just opening up their home. His wife makes a wonderful uh, spread of food for us. It's wonderful. There are many people downstairs in our children's ministry now, right now working with the children's, in the children's ministry. It's fantastic. Are you serving, church? We have all kinds of gifts, all kinds of abilities. And many of us, there's a lot of reasons that many of us don't want to serve. Some of us just want to come in. They don't want to get involved. They just kind of want to sit in the background. Some of us don't want to come in because they're jealous. Like, I could never do that. I could never be up front. And I, want, I don't want to be behind the scenes. I want people to know that I'm serving. Other people say, I don't want to be behind, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be up front. I want to be behind the scenes. Some people say, I'm not going to serve. Some of us look at our own life and go, you know what? I've been through so much, so much stuff. And I've made so many mistakes that I could never, ever serve. What if they find out? I'll tell you what, if, if, if that were true, then I wouldn't be up here preaching. Ron wouldn't be up here leading worship. Doug wouldn't be up here leading in worship. Our tech team wouldn't be here. None of us would be up here. We'd have no greeters, no ushers, no cafe workers, no children's ministry. We would have nothing. So if you ever hear that in the back of your head and say that I could never do anything, I could because of my past, that is, from the, that is a lie from the devil. Because he doesn't want you to get involved in serving. He wants you to use the guilt of your past to say, you could never be up there. You're a fake. You're a fraud. Get out. Don't, don't volunteer. Don't serve. We're diversified. We have so many different gifts. You know, I love what Hebrews says. It's one of my life verses. I talked about it at the installation service. It says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. A few months ago, we had a uh, Man Up conference, and uh, I was asked to do a devotional for it, and I used this verse. They said, use whatever scripture you want. I used this verse, and the title was, Four Words That Change Everything. And there are the four words, marked out for us. Be tragic if it said, let us run with perseverance the race. Because we would be constantly comparing ourselves to others. 
No, it says the race marked out for us. God has uniquely designed you to, be, to serve. Uniquely given you gifts and abilities that I could never have, that Doug could never have, that Ron could never have. He's given you gifts and abilities. Some of you feel so unloved, so uncared for. I'm telling you right now, God loves you. He knits you together in your mother's womb, just like it says in Psalms. He has a perfect plan for you and for you alone. Are you serving? You don't need to compare to other people what they're doing. You just got to be faithful for what God's given you. There's a great illustration of a little boy named Adam who wanted to be like his friend Bobby. Adam loved the way Bobby walked and talked. Bobby wanted to be like Charlie. Something about Charlie's stride intrigued him. Charlie, on the other hand, was impressed with Danny. Charlie wanted to look and sound just like Danny. Danny, of all things, had a hero as well. He wanted to be just like Adam. So Adam was imitating Bobby, who was imitating Charlie, who was imitating Danny, who was imitating Adam. Turns out all Adam had to do was be himself. We do that. We look at others and go, I could never do that. How could I ever, how could I ever make any difference? Scripture says the same thing. They'll say, I'm just a hand. I, I don't have much to contribute, or I'm just an ear. Listen, you're all part of this body, and God's given you a gift. You are uniquely you. You could never do, I could never do what you do with the gifts that you've given, God's given you. I could never do what Ron does, and that's okay. I can never do what Doug does. I cannot do what Ed Glover does, but that's okay. All I've got to do is do what God's given me to do. The race marked out for me. Are you serving, church? Are you involved? Maybe you don't know how to get involved or where to get involved. I want to encourage you. Come talk to us. That's why we're here. Come talk to Doug or myself, another one of the pastors. We'll, we'll definitely get you involved. There's so many ministries going on around here. Some of you are wondering, I would love to know what my spiritual gift is. It says in 1 Corinthians that each of us has given us a special, uh, God, the Spirit has given us a special way of serving others, it says in 1 Corinthians 12. You may say, well, I don't know what my gift is. Did you know that we have a spiritual gift assessment right on our website? ccgf.org, go to small groups, and right there it says spiritual gift assessment. You click on it, and it comes 100 questions pop up. You fill it out, and then it sends you back a, a, a chart of all your spiritual gifts so you can get involved. We also have given you right there on your, on your, uh, pew, on your uh, chairs, you'll see these. It says ministry opportunities. These are all the ministries we have here at Christ Church. These are just what we have here at our church. It doesn't even involve urban impact and, and young lives or choices or silver anything. All the ones that happen outside the walls of the church. Just here. And it's loaded with things. And it even tells you how to get involved, how to connect, how to call those people and, and want to get involved. Are you a servant? You could never say there's not enough opportunities here at Christ Church. That's why we announce what we do. That's why we have times of announcements. Because we want to get you involved. Because you have gifts that we could never, ever, uh, that we don't have. You know, one of the things I love is the men's ministry has come alongside the widow's ministry and helped build houses or fix up their houses. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a gift that I know many of our pastors, we don't have. We need that. We need people to do that. We need people to come alongside and sing and play. We need greeters out there just with the people that smile on their face. We need cafe workers. We need youth workers to come alongside. Doug and Robbie and Brenda and our college ministry. And Don and our children's ministry. We need you. The race marked out for you. So not only are we a fellowship, we're unified, we're diversified, but we're also gifted by one Lord. Gifted by one Lord. Look at verse 18. But in fact, God has placed... The parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God's placed them here. God made the body. 
He's placed him here. Now, this is the part where it gets really tough. This is the part where maybe people would kind of shy away from even talking about because, you know, it's one thing to encourage people to get involved in serving. It's another thing to say that the Bible commands it, but that's exactly what's happening here. It's not just an encouragement that we want to get you involved. It's because the Bible's commanding you to do so. That's what Dave just talked about. God has designed it. He has put the parts there just as he wanted them to be. Are you serving? You know, there's no greater illustration of this than of the parable of the talents. Many of you know this parable. If you're not familiar, it's, it probably will be familiar to you. It's the parable of the talents. There was a, there was a, uh, a guy, Jesus tells this parable, and he gives uh, different talents to his servants. So one servant he gives five talents to, one servant he gives two talents to, one servant he gives one talent to. Okay? And so the one with five comes back with ten, then he goes away on a journey and comes back. So he wants to see how the servants use the talents they were given. Okay, Matthew 25. So he comes back after a long journey. It says, the man who received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you will entrust me with five talents. See, I gained five more. So he, had, he doubled it. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two talents also came. He said, master, he said, you entrusted me with two. See, I've gained two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received the one talent said, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid and your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. He said, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I had harvest where I had not sown, gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put your money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the other one who has ten. For everyone who will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside until, into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If that is not the most uplifting thing you've ever heard all morning, that's it. So the guy with five talents comes back with five more. The one with two comes back with four. And the one with one just buries it in the ground. You say, well, what's a talent? What, I don't, what is a talent? Well, it's a measure. It's a measure. Uh, it used to be for currency. And real, you could actually figure out what a talent is if you look at Scripture in various aspects. We know from Exodus what, that a talent is actually uh, 10,000 uh, a denarii. And a denarii was one day's wage. Okay, so if you have, so let's put it this way. If you make $30,000 a year, okay, you make $115 a day, okay? 10,000 of that is $1.1 million a talent. A lifetime of talents, let's say you work for 40 years, that's $46 million. What's the point? See, I always thought when you thought about a talent, I thought, how, it's like cents. The guy gives him five cents. Well, yeah, he got 10 cents. The one got four cents. Well, what are you going to do with one cent? It's not cents. It's millions of dollars. God does not give us a five cent talent or a two cent talent or a one cent talent. You are a multi-million dollar investment. God has gifted you with so much ability to use for his kingdom. So much ability. And all he's saying is be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. 
And I love what happens. You know, the one comes back with ten, the other comes back with four. But what does he say? He says the exact same thing to both of them. Well done and good and faithful servant. Why is that important? He says the same thing. Because it doesn't matter of how much, how much you use, it's how you use it. In other words, there, many of you will never stand in a stadium and have hundreds of thousands of people come and give their life. You may, maybe not like Billy Graham where you're up there preaching. And all these people are coming to know the Lord. Maybe you just are in the music ministry here at Christ Church or you're working in the children's ministry downstairs. Guess what? It doesn't matter how much you have. It's the fact that you use it right. And at the end of your life, God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not about, not about the, the amount that you have. It's all about how you use it. And God's given each and every one of you a gift. And all he's saying is use it. Use it. Are you serving, church? Are you serving? Some of you will just open up your homes. It's wonderful for small groups. Some of you will say, hey, I want to I I lead a, a small group like Craig. Say, I, I don't have a whole lot, but I'm going to lead a small group. After the youth Sunday service, it was fantastic. I was out in the sanctuary uh, coming out in the commons, and there was an 84-year-old man who said, uh, Jared, I don't really have a whole lot. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience. I don't have a whole lot of money, but I would love to get involved in youth ministry. You think they could use me? I said, absolutely. He said, I don't want those kids running into the same thing I ran into. I told Doug, Doug said, let's get them. Let's get them there to help serve. Why? Because the kids just need loved. They just need a body there. There's people that we know that, I, we, I ran into somebody a few weeks ago who said, I really don't have any, any talent or special skill. I, you know, I'm always just a happy person. I said, you're a perfect greeter. It's not about how much you have, it's how you use it. The question is, are you using it? The first two went on a chance and they, they took, they went on a limb, they took a chance. The other one just buried it. He buried it just to see what would happen. He was the consumer. He was the one who said, ah, I just, I don't have much, so I'm just going to bury it, and I'm just going to watch, see what happens. Nothing. And the owner says, hey, at least you could have given it to the bank. At least you could have done the most minimal amount with it and gained interest. You could have at least done that, just taken it and gone to the bank with it. He didn't do anything. He just buried it in the ground. Some of us are just consumers, and we just want to watch to see what happens. We just like to come in. We don't have responsibility. Church, I'm telling you, God's gifted you guys so uniquely, so amazingly. He wants, you, he wants to use you. And guess what? Just like Dave, he's going to use you. Dave had no idea where God wanted him. And so opportunity opened up to teach baseball. Well, he knows how to play baseball. And he loves Jesus. So now he's coaching and telling kids about Jesus. Are you serving? He gives us multi-million dollar gifts. All he asks us to do is be faithful, to use them for him. Are you serving? That one talent servant never knew his master, someone said. He should have. He lived under the roof and, should, and shared his address. He knew his face, knew his name, but never knew his heart. And as a result, he broke it. You know, oftentimes we're so fearful of making the wrong choice because of our past, because of who we are, or because we're jealous, or we just don't think that we can serve, so we just don't do anything at all. We just bury it in the ground. Church, so many opportunities. We'd love to get you plugged in. And it's not because we're encouraging you to do it. It's because the Bible is commanding us to. Are you serving? We're going to have the music team come uh, here and lead us in our last song. Great song. As we conclude our, our series before we turn our attention to worship next week. And I, you know, I've shared this with you many, many times in various aspects. But I'm reminded of it again this week. Uh, downstairs in our tech office. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, if you ever go downstairs, and I know there was a Bible study meeting in there, but um, downstairs in our tech office, there's a room that uh, they've, they've changed, and they put decorations on the wall, and it's, it's instruments everywhere. And if, it's pretty cool, because on the wall, there's those guitars and basses, there's electric guitars and acoustic guitars, and there's trumpets, and there's French horns and clarinets, and it's just, it's everywhere on the wall. And, he's, and so they've collected all these old instruments that some of them are worn and beat down, and so they just put them on the wall. It's pretty, it's like the coolest decorated room ever. And I, I love going down there. Actually, I would invite anybody down there to see that room because it's how cool it is. It's decorated so nicely with all these instruments. And I would have anybody come down there except one person. There's one person I would never want to invite down to that room. It's the instrument maker. Because he's going to come in and go, hmm, well, that's cool, but that's not really how, what I designed these instruments for. I, I designed them to play. They, they may not sound perfect, but they, they're designed to play. They're not just sitting on the wall watching people go by. They're designed to play. Church, that's us. We, we're designed it so uniquely to get involved in serving that my prayer, my hope, it, that doesn't have to be us. That at the end of our life, that we can stand like Dave with whatever talents he's given, minimal as they may be, and stand before our Heavenly Father. And he says, he looks at us and says the same thing that he says to Billy Graham or the John Guess or the other great theologians of this world. He says the same thing he says to us, well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Are you serving, church? That's my hope. That's my prayer. Let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thank you for the fact that you've given us so much talents and abilities, Father. Some of us have gifts of working with kids or uh, accounting or development. Some of us have abilities just to be happy and smile. Some of us are hospitable. Father, you've given us so much, so many gifts and abilities. Help us to use them here at the church. Not just at our workplaces or in our homes or in our schools, but here, Father. Thank you so much for what you've given to us. I pray that we can give that back to you. And I ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.